Welcome to the Rialto Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Fitzpatrick. If you are a business owner or entrepreneur looking to have a thriving business, you've come to the right place. We cover the best marketing, growth, and business tips sprinkled with a little bit of mindset to keep you motivated. Your company's culture plays a huge role in the level of success that you have. Today, I am really excited to have a guest with me, and we are getting going to get into company culture and how you can actually create an amazing one. I am Tim Fitzpatrick with Rialto Marketing. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am super excited to have with me today, Jill Valdez with Link Consulting. Jill, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you. It's so great to be here this morning. Yes, it is another Friday, end of the week. It's hard to believe they go by so fast. Yeah, they do. Yes. Um, well, I really appreciate you being here. We're obviously going to get into talking about company culture, which I love to talk about. I think a lot of business owners don't give it enough credit, um, but it plays a huge role in how your company, how it does, you know, and how well it, it does. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to get into that. Before we get into it, just tell us a little bit more about what you do at Link Consulting, how you help business owners. Yeah, sure. So my background is I was an executive in the nonprofit sector for like 17 years and thought that I would be doing that forever. I was a part of a startup organization and then I went to an established organization and a corporate restructure caused me to have to really think about what I wanted to do next with my career. And so I decided to jump into the for-profit sector. And in doing so, I thought that I was gonna be a little bit behind, that businesses had it all together, and um, that I was gonna be joining something, kind of an already moving train. But I got in there and I realized that businesses didn't know how to invest in their team. They didn't know how to um, work with the processes. They didn't know how to have efficiency quite to the level that I expected. And so from that, I was like, well, gosh, that's amazing. I get to fill a void. And, right. um, and so I was working, I was fin finishing my master's degree in industrial organizational psychology, which is basically just the psychology of business. <clears throat> And um, I was working for a company, I was their director of HR, and the president of the company came to me and he said, look, you need to start your own agency. What you do, you need to be doing for more than just one company at a time. And he said, so I'm kicking you out of the nest. I'm gonna be your first client, but go fly and be free. So uh, that caused me to start Link. And with Link, we provide strategies for increased employee engagement, and reduced employee turnover, helping those businesses get to what I call the next now. It's getting to that next level. Um, these companies are doing great things, but most of the time, uh, the clients that I work with, they, they may be plateaued and they don't know how to get to that next level of their organization development. Yeah. And, um, and it's not about sales. It's not about throwing more money onto Facebook or LinkedIn or into that budget, but it's about investing in the organization internally. Who is it that you have and how can you develop them? to get the very best out of them. So that's what Link does, is we provide those strategies to help organizations get the best out of their people. 
Awesome. Well, and I, depending on who you talk to, I certainly believe this, that your people are the most important asset that you have. So yeah, investing in them, I think, is a wise investment that you'll get a return on over and over and over again. So totally agree with you on that. Um, so let's talk about COVID. Everybody else is. So why not jump <laughs> into it, right? You know, it's we're, we're, half, we're a little more than halfway through the year at this point. Yeah what can I do as a business owner to have a great rest of the year, despite some of these obstacles that are, that are coming at us with, with COVID? Yeah. 2020 started out as being like this amazing year. I felt that just from many of my connections, <clears throat> excuse me, the clients I was working with myself I was like, Oh, this year is going to be epic. You know, it's 2020 and all <laughs> of that. And it's been epic. <laughs> yes, it has. Um, and so for, for quite a while, people were in this place of uncertainty, but here we are now in July. And I think that business owners and people in general have come to realize this is kind of going to be a new normal for quite a while. Yeah. And so what I encourage businesses to do is I encourage them to dream, to dream and to plan. Go back to as if today was January 1st and think about what do you want your organization to be? Dream about what you thought it was going to be at this point and make plans to start putting those things in place. The key to remember though is that we have to be flexible and adaptable. We're gonna to have to be that way anyway, because business isn't gonna look like what it what it was in January and February. Yes. You know, traditional models are totally out the door. Um, you have employees who are still at home and are choosing to stay working at home. They're enjoying that. And I think that from what I've heard, most people are actually happier working at home and they're becoming more effective and more efficient from working yes. at home. So business owners need to learn how to tap into that. How can I keep utilizing this new structure to then um, get my company to being where I had hoped it would be at this point? So thinking, okay, it's December 31st of 2020. Where do I want my company to be? What do I want it to look like? Dreaming in that and then figuring out and working on the plans to get it to be there and just starting those things, putting those in place. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, a mentor of mine always talks about taking the next measurable step, mm -hmm. right? So it's, there's so many things going on right now, like you said, and it's changing, right? The only constant in life is change. Right. We can't fight that. Let's put a plan together and let's take that next measurable step to get there. You know, because I think those of us that, are used to using plans in one way, shape or another, know that the plan we start with is not gonna be the plan that eventually gets us there. Right. It's just the plan that helps us start. And that plan is going to evolve and we have to be fluid enough to accept those changes as we see things changing and, and the need for those things to change, right? Absolutely, yep. Yeah, it's there's huge opportunity right now amongst all this chaos. We just have to find it. Yeah. And it's going to take that adaptable person, It, you know, who can yeah. look at, um, okay, this is what the structure was. These are now my new tools. How do I fit this structure? How do I fit my plans 
using these new tools. And yeah. so if, if they remain adaptable and think outside of that box of what has always been, then they're going to be the company that survives and thrives in this time. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. I love that advice. So let's talk about vision. Um, you know, how do you create a company vision that that everyone's going to buy into? And and I think we probably should take a small step back and just talk about what is a vision too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So vision is something I love to talk about. Um, everybody thinks that they have one and even myself, <laughs> like I, I have it in my head, but being able to put it into words. So in, um, in 1982, the Chicago Bears, they were a horribly losing team. Um, I know we're all missing sports right now. Like I'm literally going through withdrawals. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait for basketball to start again. But they were a losing team. So, But Mike Ditka, he changed that because he had a vision. He walked in um, and he knew exactly the transformation that his team was going to have to go through. He knew how long it was going to take him. He told his team, he said, look, if you can stick with me for three years, I guarantee you that in three years we're going to be at the dance. And if you follow and go back and look at that history, sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And it happened because he had that vision. So when you talk about what is vision, vision is the destination. It's the snapshot of the future for your company. Um, and from that snapshot, then team members and clients both are empowered to know what to expect by their alliance with your company. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So when you're when you're talking about vision, it's it should be so clear. When I teach companies about vision, um, I talk about the vision that Walt Disney had for Disneyland way, way back before ground had even ever been broken. And it's so interesting when you read it to actually know what Disneyland is. It was like, oh my gosh, he pegged it. Um, so it, being able to paint that mental picture, but it needs to to be big. I again, I'm I'm teaching and and I tell people dream big. When you have a vision, swing for the fences because the worst thing that happens is you might not accomplish that vision necessarily in the time frame that you hope, but you're a heck of a lot farther along than you were when you started on that journey. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. How do um. How do values play into vision? So, so company values. Yep. Values, values drive the vision. Yep. Values are a part of that vision. When you, when you talk about core values, like um, integrity, accountability, passion, customer focus, those, those actually are come out of the vision, but then they're the energy source. Um, I talk about that. Vision is the destination. Mission is how you're going to get there. And core values are the driving force to get you there. So would you say the, the core values are what help attract people that are going to buy into the vision of the company? Yes, because they, they will come in. It's that second piece. So if I'm coming to an organization, whether as a customer or a potential employee, and I look at what is their value statement, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But then if you get in there and their culture is toxic, it's like, 
who cares? You know, that just means their vision statement is something that's stamped up on the wall and nobody's really doing it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you gotta live so. out the values, right? So if, if you can talk about the values, but if people come in and they see that you're not actually living by those values, they're never gonna buy into the vision. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and you're never gonna accomplish that vision. Yeah. Unless you are just such a driven person and that you're gonna just do it all by yourself, gosh darn it. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so outside of values, which help support that vision, what are, is there anything else that, that business owners need to keep in mind to help people buy into that vision? Absolutely. The vision is, should be a collective voice of the entire organization. So in order to get everyone to buy in, um, you have to have communication and you have to have collaboration. So um, I worked with a client and they had an executive director who did not care at all about what any of the other people had to say. It was a volunteer driven organization and he really didn't care what the volunteers had to say. And yet they were the ones with the boots on the ground. They were the ones who were making things happen. Um, so they decided to get a new executive director who came in and had vision, had a vision already for the organization and what they were gonna do, shared that, but also asked for feedback and asked for, you know, what do you guys think? And so as the team got to contribute their vision as they got to contribute their thoughts towards the vision then it became something that they were buying into it became something that they were a part of and yeah. so that is a core piece of getting everybody else to buy into that vision okay is that collaboration yes yeah yep yeah got it yeah that makes perfect sense that reminds me and i've brought this up in the past Early in this COVID pandemic, I read an article about a company and I cannot remember the name, but it was a credit card. It was a merchant processing company of some kind. And when COVID hit, they realized that they were in serious trouble. Mm -hmm. And rather than management just making this across the board decision in a small room with a few people, they openly reached out and communicated with their entire team and said, hey, here's here's the reality of what's going on right now if we don't do something we are going to go bankrupt in a matter of you know three months or four months whatever it was what what ideas do you have and what can you do to help us and people they gave them their opinion and they collected all that and people every single person in that company took a voluntary pay cut some more than others because sure. some were in a better position to do it but they all took voluntary pay cuts and they were happy to do it because they wanted to be part of the team. They wanted to still have a job. Right. And I think that they really appreciated that open communication and they, you know, that bought them a much longer runway than they would have had. And it created this culture that wasn't toxic, right? How toxic right. is it when you're in an environment and you go to work every day and you're like, am I going to get fired today? Yeah. I actually, I have a connection. I have a, a good friend and um, that's where he's at right now. He said, he was, we were talking yesterday and he said, I dread answering the phone from my boss because I never know if this is going to be the day that I'm going to get fired. I mean, 
That's so you, sad. It's sad. And how can you possibly be motivated to do good work when you're going into an environment like that each and every day? Yeah. It's just, yeah, no good. Yeah. No good at all. Um, and, I, yeah. Yeah. And it's really easy for companies to, to turn that around and to be able to hear what their employees have to say. There's two different um, surveys that they can do. And, and you can, I mean, my goodness, you don't have to have survey monkey if you don't want to. Right. Yeah. I've, I've seen companies, you know, write this out and hand it out and have them, you know, hand write the answers, but you either do a SWOT analysis, which is what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What are our opportunities? And what are our threats? That's really good at this point because it gives a foundation for companies to say, this is what we can build on. But even in this time of pandemic and, and, at any time in an organization, it's healthy to say, to do a, another survey and the questions are, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? What's missing and what's confusing? Those answers help company leaders, help managers be able to hear from really, there's such a disconnect and, and it's not intentional, it just happens, but there's a disconnect between management and the people who are actually doing the boots on the ground kind of work. Yes. Um, and so when you can say, look, I recognize that there's things that I don't know. I, I'm up here, I'm at you know 30,000 feet and you're down on the ground, you have a different perspective. I have this perspective, but I need to hear from you. I need to hear what's happening because I can't see that, I can't feel it. And when you ask your, your employees those questions, then you get amazing feedback and they feel heard. They, they recognize their contribution to the success of the company. And you get amazed as a manager, you get amazing um, information that helps you continue to drive the vision with a sense of reality. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes when we, from a management perspective, we can lose touch with what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and that's not to say that it's, you know, it's my fault as a manager. That just happens, oh, yes. right? But you, you have to have the self-awareness as a manager to know that that's happening and to rely on your people to provide you that information. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. What's, uh, let's talk about teams. So okay. what, what does it mean to have a great team and what kinds of things can we do to build one? Yeah. Uh, team, every company, I don't care how big you are, you are a team. And even those companies like mine, that's run by one person, I have a support team in my personal life, you know? Yes. And so we're all made up of teams. So in order for companies to succeed, team members, they have to work together as a highly functional unit. If they don't work together, then failures in the future of the company. I mean, again, I'm, basketball is really big in, in our house. Like okay. <laughs> we joke that it's a second religion. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you look at the Lakers. Um, after Kobe left, you know, between Kobe and LeBron, you look at the breakdown because they stopped working together as a team. They didn't have that team leader to bring them together. And, and they've been this losing team. And now even, I mean, even now with LeBron, they're still not like 
the most amazing. They're still, you know, having to figure that kind of stuff out. So you have to have team members working together. Patrick Lencioni says, when people come together and set aside their individual needs for the good of the whole, they accomplish what might've looked impossible on paper. Team members readily set aside their individual or personal needs for the greater good of the group. So if you really want your company to be successful and success is defined differently for every organization, but if you want to be successful, you have to recognize that you are coming together as a team. This is a collection of individuals with different personalities, with different backgrounds. Um, they are a collection of actual humans. And so gone are the days where you say, oh, you can't walk in the door with your personal life. My personal life is going to affect my work no matter what, no matter how hard I want it to not. It just is because we're human beings. And so allowing people the space to be that, but in understanding who each other is and then putting people into the right spots based on their personality, based on their talents, based on their passions, um, based on their values and putting them into the right roles. And then you have this almost unstoppable team. Yeah. You got to have the, you got to all be working together and you got to have the right people in the right seats. Absolutely. Oh okay. yeah. That's, that's a huge piece of what I do is helping organizations get to know who their actual individual team members are. Yeah. But we also talk about what is, what are the roles that you need for the success of your company? And then do you have the right people to fill those roles? So often companies put together organization charts based on the staff that they have already. Right. And I think, nope, let's take a step back. Thinking about what you want to be as a company, what are the roles that you need? And then you look at who are the people and how can you put them into those slots? Is it, do you, um, do you get involved in, in personality assessments as you evaluate teams? Oh yes. Okay. I'm a huge personality geek. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of the time I talk about disc because, okay. um, it's comprehensive, but it's also easy for companies, for people to remember. Like I remember it because I, I love it. This is my passion. But for your average person, they need to have a system that helps them easily identify the other people around them. And I have found that for the most part, DISC makes that really, really easy. Yeah, because when you have personality assessments, I think what a lot of people don't think about, it helps you better understand yourself and how you work, right? But it also can help give you an understanding of how your coworkers work so you know how to communicate with one another. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this company I worked with, um, it was so exciting because I did a workshop on communication based on personality. And um, so about two weeks later, one of their associates emailed me and she said, oh my gosh, everything has changed between me and my manager. He understands how to best communicate with me. And I understand how he's wired so that I can also put in a little, I can put in the effort to where we're both understanding each other better. Yeah. And it totally improved their efficiency. And she said, and our clients are noticing this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, before we wrap up, I wanna ask you one other question because I think it's probably really important for people to know. Because so we've talked about, you know, we've got into company culture and I, I think it's important for people 
to have a takeaway of, okay, I get this company culture thing. What types of benefits do companies see when they have a really strong company culture? Their company becomes unstoppable and their company becomes the company that everybody wants to work at. Yes. Remember uh, Google. Yeah. When Google first started, everybody wanted to work at Google because, wow, they're so cool, you know, and they've got all this stuff. And, and it was that company culture that was attractive. Well, yeah. any organization can become that type of company where people want to work there. Um, and it's based on that culture. Yeah. So you, you can attract people easier. Recruiting becomes easier. I'm assuming yeah. you attract higher quality mm -hmm. people as well. Yeah. When, when engagement goes up, right? Yeah. yeah. I, so when engagement goes up, you've got productivity benefits. When you've got productivity benefits, you, your profits are going to increase as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When you have happier people, when you have people that come in and are just as um, bought into the vision of the company as if they were the owner, that just boosts exponentially what's going to be happening in that company. Yeah. Um, and you're going to sense it. You're going to sense it when people come in, they're excited to come in. They know that they're doing valuable work and they're excited about giving the best service to their clients. And you don't have to, you don't have to be like always teaching them about, Oh, remember, you know, be nice to the clients. And, and they're actually taking initiative to improve themselves and to be a part of continuing to grow things and make them better. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You've added a ton of value. I, after listening to this or watching it, if people don't buy into why they need to have a company <laughs> culture, then I, I don't know what else we can do to help. But uh, yeah. so where where can people learn more about you, Jill, if they if they want to get some some help? Yeah. So my website is linkconsulting.info goes into a little bit more about who we are, what we do. And then there's a um, there's a contact section where they can contact us. Okay. And then also you can always find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Jill, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I always enjoy chatting with you. You've added a ton of value, like I said. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I am Tim Fitzpatrick with Rialto Marketing. If you need to gain clarity on where to focus your marketing efforts right now based on where your business is at, please go to our website at rialtomarketing.com and click on the get a free consult button. You will get a ton of value from it and we will give you some clarity on where to focus. So remember marketing your business shouldn't be a challenge. All you need is a plan. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to the Rialto Marketing Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us and how we help businesses grow or simply check out the show notes, visit us on the web at www.rialtomarketing.com. That's www.rialtomarketing.com.